you can remain standing. We want to welcome Brother Jackson, Victor Jackson, from whatever Florida. <laughs> Melvin. Okay, okay. As long as it's not, it was in the uh, Central Florida, correct? All right. Come on. Oh, amen. the Lord. Amen. Bellevue, Florida. Bellevue, Florida, 1.8 square miles, 4,500 people. Praise the Lord. Right in the thick of it. Hallelujah. So we were blessed to be in Central Florida. Like I said, I don't know how my house looks, but uh, praising God, whatever happened, it's a rental home. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. It's good to be here tonight. Uh, has had such a wonderful time in the back to school revival at the Central Campus. Appreciate so much the hospitality of Pastor Wright and his wife and his family. Appreciate so much Bishop Wright and his wife. Aren't you thankful for the apostolic oh God, leadership yes. that God has placed in your life? Appreciate so much Pastor Simpson, Pastor Reaver, and his wife. See them and their family. Uh, appreciate so much their kindness. You guys are blessed in Maryland with great leadership. Amen. Yes, we are. And uh, why don't we open up our Bibles to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 2? Appreciate so much my beautiful wife and my son. This is his first time this morning was his first time sitting on the front. You know, he's clapping at the wrong times. Amen. You know, he sees everybody clapping. He just keeps clapping. You know, after the amen's over, he's just like, that's what I'm supposed to do. He's a worshiper. And so uh, this morning he did really well. But this time when he saw me being so close to me, unable to come up, you know, he started crying. So she's out rocking him, taking care of him. He wants to be up. I don't know if he wants me or he just wants the mic, because this guy wants the mic all the time. Amen. Appreciate what God did this morning and uh, the wonderful response to God in his presence. And uh, Gospel of Mark chapter 2 and verse 1. I got, very, I got something very simple for you here tonight. I've been preaching in a vein of revelation every service tonight I doubt there's not going to be any revelation here I feel like if we would act on this simple principle that the gift of faith could be loosed in this atmosphere where anything could happen chapter 2 verse 1 if you have it say amen, amen. and again <clears throat> He entered and took Capernaum after some days, and it was noise that he was in the house. And straightway many were gathered together, insomuch that there was no room to receive them, no, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. And they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born or carried afore. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there. Now that's interesting to me because... While one person was willing to tear the roof off to get to Jesus. There were others that were already in the house in a better position to be touched by God that sat there. Reasoning in their hearts. Analyzing everything. Oh, he quoted that scripture wrong. Did you hear them miss that note? Mm, I don't know. Whole time, Jesus just passing you by, finding somebody hungry. 
reasoning in their hearts, why doth this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reason within themselves, he said unto them, Why reason ye these things in your hearts? Whether is it easier to say to the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise, and take up thy bed, and walk. But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins, he saith to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, and take up thy bed, and go thy way into thine house. And immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went forth before them all, and so much that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw it on this fashion. I want to preach about that man that was sick of the palsy whenever he just finally got sick of the palsy. I want to preach on this subject tonight. I am sick of the palsy. I am sick of the depression I am sick of not being what God has called me to be. I am sick of falling short of my destiny. I am sick of the palsy. Why don't you lay your Bibles down? Everyone close your eyes and lift up your hands. And let's ask the Holy Ghost to have his way. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your spirit. I thank you for your people. I submit to your will. I submit to your plan. I submit to your thoughts. I ask you to touch my voice. I ask you to have your way in this place. Do what only you can do, Jesus. I ask you to take over this place. I ask you to convict. I ask you to prick hearts. I ask you to compel, oh God. I ask you to exhort. I ask you to edify your people here tonight, Lord. Do something in this place that will change their lives, that will change their world. Do something, oh God, where they'll never be the same, Lord. Use them beyond their capabilities. Use me beyond my capability tonight. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Can you clap your hands with expectation? Come on, can you clap your hands with expectation? Come on, if you believe God is here, lift up your voice. If Come on, let's prep the atmosphere for a moment. Come on, if you're expecting, lift up your voice. If you're expecting, clap your hands. Ah. Look at the person next to you and tell them, I am sick of the palsy. Tell them, I'm not sick of you, but I am sick of the palsy. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. It was General William Booth that founded the Salvation Army. He wasn't really a general they just called him general because he was the first presiding president over the organization salvation army and general william booth he was a man of fervent prayer he was a man that would fast often that would pray until the midnight hour he'd go into the woods and get alone with god until something broke in his life and because of this man's passion this organization salvation army it grew in an unprecedented fashion so much to where he would send young missionaries all across the world to preach the gospel and to provide food for those that needed food and provide water to those that were thirsty and provide shelter to those that were homeless. And we see that Salvation Army still represents those things to this day. But it all started by this incredible general, General William Booth. And he'd send young missionaries all across the world. And on one particular occasion... He sent these young missionaries that felt like they had a call from God. They felt like they had a destiny. They felt like God had 
raised them up to do great things. And they went to the Los Angeles ghettos with an incredible zeal. They went to the Los Angeles ghettos and they preached the gospel. They went to these Los Angeles ghettos and they provided water to those that were thirsty. They went to these Los Angeles ghettos with all of this expectation as they provided shelter for those that were homeless. And after three years of doing everything that they knew to do, after three years of doing everything they were trained to do, doing exactly what the preacher told them to do, after three years of giving all of their effort they felt like they were in a paralysis they felt like nothing was working they tried everything that they could try but it seemed like they were in a stagnant state they they prayed the prayers but they were still stagnant they did everything they could but nothing was working they were in a paralytic state and they were frustrated because they obeyed the man of God and no fruit like they thought would come forth ever happened and so after three years of all of their zeal and all of their efforts and them being in a stuck place finally they sent General William Booth a telegram today we would call it a text message aren't you thankful you don't have to send a telegram I thought somebody was about to run the aisles just now uh, let me give you a, okay, okay, okay. I'm a, you, you, you're about to be thankful. Here it is. Hey. Aren't you thankful you can touch the H, the E, the Y, and hit sin? Oh, I saw a tear come down over there. They sent him a telegram expressing their frustration. And in this telegram they sent him, they said, we've tried everything. We've preached. We've done everything that we know to do. And we've been here for three years. We're done. We're quitting. We're through with this. And after a couple days they waited. General William Booth sent back to them. A response with only two words. Try tears. Try getting compassionate. Try not taking no for an answer. Try doing whatever it takes to get out of that paralytic state. Try getting so sick of where you are that you have to see the revival that God has breathed into your spirit. And I've come to Baltimore, Maryland here tonight to preach to this congregation when nothing else works. Try tears. Try getting compassionate. Try doing what Whatever it takes uh, to be the person that God has called. Try getting sick and tired of being sick and tired. Uh, can I tell you, I preached to you the first night. Uh, I preached, don't saturate me. Uh, I preached to you releasing your miracle. Uh, I preached to you overlooked faith. Uh, I preached to them this morning the divine link between Nazareth and Bethlehem. Uh, I could preach all of that. Uh, and I know there's been some tears and all of these things. Uh, but can I tell you, uh, all of my sermons are null and void if you don't get sick and tired of your situation. I can't get sick for you. Your pastor can't get sick for you. You've got to get so sick of where you are that you be everything God's called I'm sick and tired of coming to church and still falling short of my destiny. I'm sick and tired of coming to church on Sunday and the devil beating me up on Monday and Tuesday. I'm sick and tired of still. I've been in the same place that I was a year ago. I'm sick and tired of praying the same way I've been praying for the last five years. I'm sick and 
getting tired of not getting into my devotion like God wanted me to get in my devotion and I'm still making the same old excuses come on somebody I'm still rationalizing I'm still justifying and you're never gonna change until you say you know what forget the excuses enough is enough already I'm sick and tired But our problem is, is what somebody said. He said, if you can tolerate it, you'll never change it. If you can tolerate being depressed, you'll never change it. If you can tolerate not operating in your calling, you'll never change it. If you can tolerate, come on somebody, can I tell you, you've been tolerating too much. You've been passive for too long, letting the devil beat you up in the corner like you're nobody. But can I tell you, the enemy is so afraid of what would happen. Well, you say, this is the last day I'm going to live like this. I'm sick of being how I've been and I'm ready to become everything. I'm sick of the palsy. What has to happen for you to get sick of it? What does God have to put you through for you to finally get sick of it? Does he have to mess with your family? Does he have to mess with your kids? When you start seeing the same traits that you're battling with, your kids battling with it. What's going to get you on your face? What's going to get you... On your knees. What's going what's gonna to happen? They were comfortable in, in Egypt. The Israelites were. God prophesied that they would come out of Egypt. After 400 years. But the Bible says. That they did not come out of Egypt. Until after 430 years. They stayed 30 years longer. In a situation. That they were prophesied. They were supposed to come out of. They were called but complacent. They were chosen. Come on somebody. But they were complacent. They just sat there and settled down. So God said I got something for you. I'm going to raise up a Pharaoh that you don't know about. And God said this for this purpose have I raised a Pharaoh. God said the devil didn't raise a Pharaoh. I did. You're praying for me to take Pharaoh out. But I put him there to put a thorn in your side. To get you on your knees and get sick of where you uh, amen they stayed 30 years longer in a situation huh? they were supposed to come out of it's not enough to just have a call it's not enough to just have a prophecy you've got to get discontent with where you are and finally that a Pharaoh afflicted them so bad that they finally cried out to God for a deliverer and God answered their prayer with Moses a baby and God raised a baby watch this in Pharaoh's house watch this I'm raising him in Pharaoh's house because if I put him with his own people he'd grow comfortable so I'm going to put him in the enemy's house so he can understand how to possess kingdoms and how to conquer nations and not sit there eating good in a slavery that he doesn't belong in Uh, I raised them up. And Moses was so discontent being in Egypt that watch this, he made a mistake. Killed an Egyptian. And he gets exiled, banned. He's on the backside of a desert for 40 years. Huh. He made a mistake because of his zeal and discontentment with his situation, being sick of it. 
And after 40 years of being in the desert, feeling like God's done with him, God speaks out of the burning bush. He says, Moses, you're still called. You're still my man for the hour. What God was saying was, I'd rather use a Moses that made a mistake being discontent with where he was. Then to use somebody with all the talent, all the ability, but they're so comfortable, I can't even squeeze the anointing out of them. I'd rather use a Moses that doesn't speak well, that's discontent with where they are, than to use a Korah that speaks well. Come on, somebody. But the only time you hear his voice is when they're already delivered. What's it going to take to get you on your knees, to get sick of the palsy? It's not enough for me to get sick of it. It's not enough for your parents to get sick of your situation. It's not enough for Victor Jackson to get sick of your situation. What is it going to take for you to get sick of it? For how, where we don't have to pull you by the ear to worship. Come on, somebody. We don't have to pull you. Come on, come and pray. Come and pray. Come on, please come to the altar. Where we don't have to entertain you. Come on now. What's it going to take for you just voluntarily feel the pool of the spirit? You don't have to preach the perfect message to get me on my feet. You don't have to preach the perfect message for me to come up front. There is... Something pulling me because I'm sick and tired uh, of being sick and tired. And, and when you have that type of hunger, uh, your pastor can teach on the Melchizedek priesthood. Uh, and you be the first one to come into the altar uh, and find a way to relate to the word. You're not hearing me right now. Because there is a word from heaven. Uh, and if it can get out, what needs to get out of me? Oh, my Lord. Somebody shout yes. yes. Got to get sick and tired of it. Sick and tired of the devil beating up on my family. Sick and tired of being backed up into the corner. Sometimes the devil convinces you that if you don't fight back uh, over time, the battle will decrease. Uh, or if you don't say nothing, just keep your mouth shut and it'll pass over uh, he'll tell you that he'll convince you don't say nothing now uh, and this thing will pass over Just say, but, but no 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 you'll still be in the same situation uh, but he's afraid if you'll just open up your mouth and exercise your authority uh, you have more authority than you think you have uh, but sometimes you've just got to be provoked for you to open up your mouth uh, uh, the enemy come on afflicted the Egyptians the, the Israelites for 430 years before they open their mouth how long is it going to take for you to get afflicted before you open your mouth and I come to tell you that tonight is the night where you say enough is enough already I'm ready to become everything God wants me to become and I'll shout if I gotta shout I'll dance if I gotta dance I'll lift up my voice if I gotta lift up my voice but this is the last night that I'm falling short The Old Testament is filled with people. If I'm helping somebody, just wave a hand right now if I'm helping you. Okay. The Old Testament is filled with people that got sick of where they were. Jacob, he was a liar. He was a supplanter. That's what his name means. Liar, supplanter, deceiver. He was a liar and he stole the blessing from Esau. When he steals the blessing, he runs from his, for his life. After several years, he finally comes back to confront Esau. But before he does, on his way, running away from Esau, he has a vision of these angels ascending and descending upon a ladder. He wakes up after that dream. And he says, surely the Lord is in this place. And I knew it not. He kept missing out on the supernatural. He kept missing out on the angelic host. He kept missing out 
on the move of God. So finally, when he's coming back to confront Esau, to, to talk with Esau, the Bible says that he came to the ford Jabbok. That word ford, it was a river. They came to the river Jabbok. And he said, family, children, wife, you go on the other side of the river. But I'm going to stay here on this side. I'm going to stay here on this side until I, I get this thing right because I'm sick of being a liar and I'm sick of being deceiver and he reached that point watch this when he came to the Ford Jabbok and that word Ford it means to transition and the word Jabbok means to pour out or to empty hear me you cannot transition into what you are purposed to be until you pour out and empty yourself of what you already are and as he began to pour out of himself the Bible says an angel came and began to wrestle with him until the daybreak and Jacob said an angel said turn me loose for the daybreaks and Jacob said I'm not letting go until you bless me I've got a little piece of heaven I got a little piece of the supernatural and I let you go one time but I'm holding your leg this time and as he held on the Bible says that angel said no more shall your name be called Jacob but it's shall be Israel because as a prince you've had favor with man and with God. You prevail with man and with God. Hear me. Huh? You will never become Israel huh, until you're sick of being Jacob. You will never become Abraham until you're sick of being Abram. You will never become Paul until you're sick of being Saul. Huh? Come on, somebody. You will never become who you are purposed to be until you get sick of what you are. And when you get sick of what you are, it will push you into... Amen. I think about these... In the book of Kings, where there was a famine. And this famine was so bad that when I say there was a famine, I'm not talking about there was just pork and beans left and fruit loops. I'm talking about there was nothing to eat. This famine was so bad that they started to eat and sell donkey heads. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. This famine was so bad that they started eating and selling. This is what was isn't what Victor Jackson's saying. This is what the Bible says. They started eating and selling dove's dung. This famine was so bad that they started eating and boiling their own children. But finally, there were four lepers that just got sick of it. And they said, why sit we here until we die? If I stay where I am, I'm going to die. If I go back to where I came from, I'm going to die. The only option for me, no matter how difficult it may be, is for me to press forward in the enemy's camp. And these four lepers, their bodies degenerating, but they start dragging their feet in the right direction. And as they began to drag their feet in the right direction, the enemies camp. They begin to hear the sound of a mighty army and the sound of many chariots come that way. And those enemies, they left all of their spoils, all of their transportation and they ran on feet they left. And when those four lepers showed up, oh, they had all of this amazing victory and all they did was just make a decision to go in the right direction. 
Can I tell you uh, that making a decision to go in the right direction is so important. Uh, the prodigal son, uh, the Bible says that when he came to himself, uh, he made a decision to go in the right direction. Uh, and when he made a decision to go in the right direction, the father saw him afar off. Uh, and the Jewish custom was uh, that a father, an elder, uh, would, could, was prohibited from running uh, because of the honor and prestige uh, that these elders had in the community. Uh, they were not supposed to run uh, because of the honor that they had. Uh, but when the father saw the son uh, coming to him in the right direction, uh, that father put aside his honor uh, and he ran to where his son was uh, and he fell on him. And all they made was a decision to go in the right direction. You say, well, Brother Jackson, I don't think a decision is that important. You know, I began to think about it. The Revolutionary War was the most important war, historians believe, was the most important war in American history. The war where we gained our independence from Great Britain. And that war is so vital to everything that we experience today. And I began to think about the sacredness of that war. And I thought about it. You know what? I don't even know when that war was won. The most important war in American history. I don't even know when the war was won. And there may be a handful of people here that know when the Revolutionary War was won. But I began to think about it. Many of us don't remember when the war was won, but watch this. We celebrate the fact that a decision was made. And we celebrate the Declaration of Independence July 4th, 1776, and we didn't even win the war yet. But we rejoice that a decision was made. And the victory never comes before a decision. It always comes afterwards. And many of us want victory before we make up our mind. You know what our generation is suffering from? Something called indecision. I used to think that that word wasn't that bad. Being indecisive. And... If people would come to me and say, Brother Jackson, I don't know if I want to do that. I don't know if I want to serve the Lord like that. I don't know. And I, I normally say, oh, man, that's fine. Just keep praying about it. Just keep praying about it. But I began to look at the synonyms of the word indecisive. The first synonym that comes up for the word indecisive is this. Lukewarm. Settling nothing. Open. That's where a lot of people are. Can't make your mind up. And Satan, watch this. Some of y'all, Satan hasn't attacked in years. Let me tell you why. Because he just put another option before you besides serving God. And you've been vacillating trying to make a decision whether to... He'll just put another option before you and won't attack you for... Because you spent two years trying to make up your mind if you want to go after your call or not. Oh, that'll take care of him. Vacillate. Indecisive. Borderline. And the Bible says that when the seed was sown, there was seed that was sown on the wayside. 
You know where that is? Watch this. The seed sown alongside the path. Not on the path. On the borderline. And the seed that was sown on the borderline. The fowls of the air immediately came and snatched that word. Because when you're indecisive, you don't protect the word that God spoke over you. And you wonder why you receive a promise, you receive all that on Sunday, watch. And it's gone. Doubt. People in a cycle of doubt. You believe it? Oh, oh, awesome revival, awesome revival next week. Like, am I even called? But you know what the, the synonym of the word decisive is? Unbending. Unmovable. The definition of a decision is making a choice based upon what you have thought about. Haven't you thought long enough about the goodness of the Lord? Haven't you thought long enough about the grace and mercy of Jesus? Well, it's time to make a decision. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Make a decision to go in the right direction. And God will give you victory. Make a decision and be so sick, sick of the palsy. God will provide the rest of the increase. And this person that was sick of the palsy, we don't know how long he was sick of the palsy, but he can't move. He's on his stretcher. And all of a sudden he hears that Jesus is in town. He can't move. All he had was a voice. That's enough. Has a voice. He calls his friends over. Hey! I heard Jesus in town. He's just stretched out. Just can't move, right? And And he's looking at their arms and their legs. Hey, uh, um, you guys are uh, pretty strong and looks like you're blessed with mobility. <laughs> can you, uh, can you uh, pick me up and take me to where Jesus is? They said, they said okay. And so the four friends, they, they bring them into where Jesus is. But look, the house is crowded. Maybe one of the friends asked them and said, maybe you should wait for your miracle next revival. Maybe you should wait for your miracle next Sunday night. And he's like, no, I don't, I don't think you understand. I'm, I'm sick of the palsy. <laughs> and he's on his back and he has the perfect view of the top of the roof. He's like, um, guys, uh, I know this sounds crazy, but why don't you take me on top of the roof to get me where Jesus is? The Bible says that those four friends brought him on top of the roof, and they began to tear up the towels on that roof. They began to tear up everything that prevented him from getting to Jesus. And as they tore it up, they let down the bed. And he received this healing and forgiveness of sins because he was sick of the palsy. Doctors describe four different types of palsy. And these are the same types of four major types of palsy. And these are the same types of palsy that Satan uses against us. The first palsy that doctors describe is something called herbs palsy. And... The symptoms of herbs palsy are these. A paralysis and weakness of the arms. Unable 
to lift them up. Some trial in your life, some pain in your life, something that has happened to you that has paralyzed you, where it's tough for you to lift up your hands in church. You come to church and your arms are down. You can't even lift them up because you don't believe there's been any victory. And if every time you come to church and you never get your arms in the air, that is a symptom of you fighting with the spiritual paralysis. And the only way for you to get out of it is to say, I'm sick of my arms being down. I'm going to lift them up and be what... The second form of palsy is something called cerebral palsy. And the most apparent symptom of cerebral palsy is this. Developmental delay. Not growing as fast as you should. Some trial in your life, some pain in your life, uh, something that has paralyzed you, uh, where it's tough for you to grow in the Lord. Uh, you're in the same position in your maturity that you were five years ago. Uh, you're in the same position of your maturity that you were last year. Uh, and the only way to get out of it uh, is to say, I'm sick of not growing. Uh, I'm going to do whatever it takes uh, to grow in the favor and that nation of the Lord. The third form of palsy is something called bulbar palsy. And the most apparent symptom of bulbar palsy is that the tongue appears smaller. And the tongue loses its mobility. Some trial in your life, some pain in your life, something that has paralyzed you. Where it's tough for you to speak in tongues. And get renewed in tongues. And your tongue's changing. Paul said we're saved by the renewing of the Holy Ghost. He said, I thank my God that I speak in tongues more than you all. But some of you have been paralyzed where it's tough for you to have that breakthrough in the spirit. Come on, somebody. God needs to drop a bomb in here to get you to speak in tongues. But no wind of the spirit, come on, somebody, draws you into his presence where you open up your mouth and speak the language of heaven. You've got to learn to tap into the spirit where you let your tongue go. I wish somebody would speak in tongues right now. I wish somebody would pray in the Holy Ghost right now. Come on, are you bound? Lift up your voice. Come on, are you paralyzed? Let those tongues go. Come on, are you sick of it yet? Let the tongues go. Come on, lift up your voice. Let those tongues go. Come on, lift up your voice and let those tongues go. Come on, somebody tap into the spirit. Somebody intercede right now. I need some intercessors to intercede in the Holy Ghost. Come on, 
Come on, that's it. Grab the person's hand next to you. And I want you to speak in tongues. The Bible says you edify yourself when you speak in tongues. Tongues are evidence of the Spirit. Come on, somebody. Grab that person's hand. Lift up your voice. Let the tongues flow. Let the rivers of living water flow. Tap into the Spirit until something overwhelms. Come on, come on. I feel something breaking in this place. I feel something breaking loose in this place. Let those tongues go. I feel a breakthrough in my spirit. that's it that's it break out of your paralysis and open up your mouth break out of your paralysis and let those tongues go Come on, that's it, that's it, that's it. You're not sick of it yet. When you get sick of it, you'll feel a shift. When you get sick of it, you'll feel a shift. When you get sick of it, those tongues will start changing. When you get sick of it, something will change in your spirit.
The last form of palsy is something called Bell's palsy. And the most apparent symptoms of Bell's palsy is a dry mouth, dry eyes, and the loss of ability to taste. Some of you are so bound, even as I'm preaching to you right now. You've been suffering from dry eyes. Been a long time since you cried in his presence. Some of you that say, I'm not emotional. You used to cry. When you first heard about this message, when you first heard about the cross, the preacher didn't even have to finish his first point. You ran up to the altar with tears down your face. But now that you've been in it a while, you don't feel like you need the blood. You don't feel like you need forgiveness. You feel like you graduated from that. Dry eyes and a dry mouth. Tough for you to speak positive. All you speak is negative. You don't need a devil to destroy your life. You destroy your own life by the words you speak over your life. Got to get sick of not crying. Got to get sick of speaking negatively. And speak the words of God. And the last symptom is the loss of, of ability to taste. You've forgotten how good it is to taste and see that the Lord is good. You've forgotten how good God's been to you. And you've been suffering from a paralysis. I feel this in the Holy Ghost, and I don't want to belabor anything. But if you have felt stuck, feel like you've been in a paralysis, don't know what it is, feel stagnant, I want you to come and line up against this wall as soon as you can. If you feel stuck, I want you to come and line up against this wall over here. That's it. Move in as fast as you can because God's about to break somebody out here tonight. And I know it's not for everybody, but for those of you that have felt stagnant, feel like you've been in a stuck place, I want you to come up to the wall right here. Ilamo Shaya. Ilamo Hore Lelamo Kotele Lele Mishaya. Ilalamo Hoshitala Bahaya. That's it. Line up against this wall. You can kind of circle around. Something's about to break in this place. Ministers that are on the platform, if you can join me, if you'd like to be a part of this. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to have an old-fashioned prayer line in this place. The line's going to start here. And what you're going to do is we're going to have ministry on both sides of you. 
And as you come through this prayer line, we're going to lay our hands on you. When we lay our hands on you, you just, keep, you just keep walking as best you can. If we stop you praying for you, that's fine. But as best you can, you're going to keep on walking. And I'm telling you, if you've been stuck before this line, by the time you get to the end of this line, God is breaking you out of that stuck place. He's breaking you out into your, your destiny, into everything that he's promised you. Whatever you've been dealing with before you've hit this line, when you reach the end of this line, you won't be dealing with it anymore. You're going to feel a complete liberty come over you. You're going to feel a pe complete peace. Uh, some of you, you're going to walk, you are sick. Before you hit this line, by, you, by the time you reach the end, this, the pain is going to leave your body. Whatever stuck place, whatever stuck situation you've been dealing with, by the time you get to the end of this line, there's going to be a breakthrough. When you come through, let's say, ministers, can we come a little closer? Come a little closer. When you come through, by the time you get to the end of this line when you come out i just want you to worship god with thanksgiving you can worship him it might get a little crowded but you can worship him worship him up the thing worship him in the pew but i'm telling you you're going to feel a difference and let me tell you in the holy ghost the closer you get to this line it's going to be like a wave effect we hadn't even prayed for you yet but you're going to start feeling the power of god around this point you're going to start feeling a witness in your spirit something is going to break through for those of you that are seated i just want you to pray Pray where you are. Pray for the people that are coming. If you need to leave, that's fine too. Thank you for coming tonight. But if you can just pray for these people that are coming. Go ahead and start us off, brother. Start the line off. Something's about to break off of you. I lose him into every... I lose him into his destiny now. Right now, I shake off every paralysis. I lose him. I lose it now. I lose it now. I lose I lose you now. I shake off every paralysis. I lose you into your destiny by the authority that is in the word of God. I lose now. I lose now. I lose you now. I lose you. Receive it now in the name of Jesus. You shall not be held hostage. You shall not be held bound. But I loose you into the Akalalamokotaya. You shall never be the same. You'll never walk the same. You'll never. That's it. Let those tongues go. You'll never talk the same. You won't operate the same. Hey, receive it now. Receive it now. Receive it now. Receive it now. I loose you into your new anointing.